Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Be the best and you gotta pay a little price. If you want it bad enough, you gotta do a little extra things to get it. Welcome to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodriguez, and with me, as always, my fabulous co host, Rich Hammond Rich. How are we doing? Uh, still here, Jordan. I checked the roster, I checked the transactions this morning. I did not get traded. Um, so, uh, I, I'm, I apparently will be along the, for the ride, uh, for the 2023 Ram season, which is, uh, becoming in, increasingly unclear for a lot of people, but we are here, Jordan, a little earlier than we expected coming back with another podcast, uh, because as you have furiously been reporting over the last days and weeks and I don't know, months, whatever it's been now, uh, the Rams have traded Jalen Ramsey to the Miami Dolphins third round draft pick and uh tight end let me see here hunter Check, long deep in the notes deep in the notes <laughs> for that one yeah not deep david long not chris long not howie long uh but hunter long not hunter uh, henry not hunter henry no definitely not hunter uh, long jordan you have done yeoman's work here to try to explain this trade and why the return was what it was. I saw this kind of play out in real time on Twitter when you uh, first reported that the Miami Dolphins were the likely destination for uh, Jalen Ramsey. And you, a lot of the responses to you were, but they don't have a first round pick. And yeah. I kind of went, uh oh, uh, I think there's a little bit of a problem here. So, Jordan, I know the response was, let's just say, underwhelming among Rams fans, but I know there's reasons for this. Uh, why? Did Jalen Ramsey net only a third round pick? And why were the Rams okay with that? Why did they kind of accept that as a possibility, at least when when they went into these talks? Yeah, I was surprised by the return. I think that's too low of a return. Let me just say that right now so that I don't get, uh, you know, some some angry tweets or anything like that. Um, but I thought you made the trade, Jordan. How can you be? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. That's so funny. Yeah, the... Um, it's too low of a return for Jalen Ramsey. I mean, my God, he's an elite player. Um, you know, that the Rams also, I think, thought it was too low of a return. This trade had to get done. I mean, there was no qualms, ifs, ands, buts. This had to get done. This was time for both sides to get this trade done. And part of it had to do, some of it, you know, has to do with a, a guaranteed money owed on March 19th for Jalen. Um, the Rams quite quite openly refused to pay any more guaranteed money on that contract um not only via the structure but but you know in terms of annual bonuses roster bonuses things like that i mean it it had to get done the rams were super open about the fact that it had to get done because of the way they structured the contract um they didn't touch the contract since uh, since they did a simple restructure after the 
2020 season um, to get everyone under the the COVID shrunk cap. They did did auto restructures on many of their deals, which didn't affect any of the money really. It just was an auto convert, you know, cap to to bonus that kind of a thing, and um, and so they hadn't touched the deal. There were two gaping open years on the back of the steel that had no guaranteed money on them. Well, if you're a player of Jalen Ramsey's caliber, I mean, it's not, it was not, it's not anything overt. It's not contentious, contentious. It's nobody saying pay me or I'm not playing. It's nothing like that at all. And in fact, you know, I had, I had heard that his agent was not even opening it when they were talking about trades and things like that. He's not even opening the idea of, redoing the contract in their initial talks with teams. Um, But it is right there in front of your face. Any team, any team on the planet, any B-League, C-League, D-League team, any Pee-Wee League team sees that contract (laughs) and is like, oh, you know, this guy is not, doesn't have any guaranteed money on the back half of his deal. He's not, you know, it's Jalen Ramsey. You're not going to, he's not going to play without guaranteed money at age 29 that which he will be in in October. So it was so obvious by the way the contract was structured that this was a deal that was going to have to get done the second the Rams made it clear that they weren't going to pay it, which was before last season because they redid the deals of Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald and not Jalen Ramsey. So they made it very, very clear to anybody who at all was taking a peek at their books that Jalen Ramsey was going to be the guy they wanted off of them. And Jalen Ramsey also, to his credit and his right, should be playing on guaranteed money. Um, The dude can still ball. And it's a perfect system fit for him. Vic Fangio defense, um, him and Mike McDaniel, I would love to be a fly on the wall for those conversations. And it's a great fit. If the return would not be, if the return wasn't so low, this would have felt, I think, a lot more like a win-win because the Rams, there was no, there was no world where the Rams were not going to trade him. There was no world where um, the, the, where Ramsey and his camp were not going to play excuse me, we're going to play on a non-guaranteed deal. It's not, again, it's not contentious. It's just the way that the business cycles. It was time is kind of what I said. And so you see that and you're you're like, that, that return, it's a product of the fact that not only was it so blatantly obvious. So teams aren't going to come in high because they don't need to. The Rams were leaving on the table the, the possibility of a future early round pick, whether it's a first or a second. They're leaving those things on the table. Well, Miami's like, hey, we're basically investing capital, guaranteed money into this player immediately. So in Miami's mind, it's like, well, that's, you know, that's worth something, not for the Rams. The Rams don't see that money. Um, but you know, in their mind, that's investing capital. So you always have to look at is there's two people, two sides involved in every trade. And in this, in this regard, you know, it was pretty obvious what the Rams needed to have happen. So no team is going to come in and, and highball them on, on anything. And so, and, and before you get to your point, Rich, one second, um, the, the, the interesting thing too, is there were five teams who were in the mix on this. And there is also an understanding that like the Rams did not want to trade him to an NFC team. And it sounds like 
that's those are the the higher amount of number of teams who were in, involved were NFC teams who were interested. Well, um, you know, just because Jalen really wanted to go to Miami, that doesn't necessarily factor in to the Rams' minds. They're not saying, "Hey, let, let me do you a favor." This this most likely was their best offer within the confines of what they needed from the trade, which was a to get Jalen, you know, off of their books and, and get some sort of a return, a pick and a player. Um, and B, um, not go to an NFC team has to fit both categories. And then also like they were at least hoping for a second and they couldn't get a second. So to me, it's like all all of this can be true at the same time. It doesn't make the return any better, but these, you know, are some of the factors. It's like when you're that open on your books about, you know, separating one person from the pack of stars, it's like, I've been saying for months, teams are going to notice we can see you Carl as the Geico commercial goes like we can see you so (laughs) it's like uh, uh, yeah it's it's interesting Rich (laughs) I just taken a sip there as you saw when you when you made that joke (laughs) and I almost lost it looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 US-based live customer service from discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Did they kind of paint themselves into a corner here? Like, I mean, I guess some of it was inevitable, right? I mean, the writing was on the wall in terms of he definitely was going to be moved. Uh, but it, it, did they paint themselves in the corner with the NFC AFC thing? Or like, was that worth it? I mean, is getting a third round pick from an AFC team better than sending him to an NFC team and getting a second round pick? Like, I, I don't know how that works out. Or or was that even a possibility? I don't even know whether that would have been on the table. It, it was a possibility. The thing is, and I'm not saying it would have been a difference, a huge difference, let's say in in, in like like return on the trade 
Like if it was a significant difference, then you don't think about NFC, AFC. You take the bet, the what's by far and away the best trade. I'm saying didn't sound like there was a huge difference among all of the offers. Miami was super persistent in their interests. They started early and then they cycled back around really hard yesterday. Uh, today's Monday morning that we're recording this. So Sunday. And um, my sort of sense on the thing too is like, this is a team that, knows it's not going to contend for specifically Super Bowls in 2023, but at the same time wants to be competitive. So if you have an opportunity to take every leverage point, advantage of every leverage point you can, the NFC, not setting yourself up to play Jalen Ramsey at least once, maybe twice a year in the NFC is probably like, okay of a, a good leverage point to to pick again all things being somewhat equal no trade really standing out no offer really standing out far and away beyond the rest um i think that that's that's a part of that's a part of finding leverage points in a year where you're really going to need to like have as many automatic advantages as possible with a team that you don't even know what it's really going to look like here over the next couple of weeks so i i get that part of it for sure yeah, that, it makes sense. And uh, but wow, still still shocking, um, I guess it's fair to say, you know, to see a guy like that get moved and then you you see the return and it just doesn't add up. But of course, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors in play here. Jordan, you did a fantastic job of explaining all of this uh, yesterday, um, Sunday, in a, in a story that's now live on the athletic app and website. So everybody should go check that out if, if you haven't already. And um the way that you wrote that, Jordan, I mean, I, know I don't want to get into journalism nerd stuff again, although I, I really appreciate the reaction we got last week, too, from from our, our little yeah, chat. Thanks, there guys. The that, that was really that nice was really, of you guys thank, to reach out for, about that. Thank you. Yeah. For that. Thanks for sticking in there with us. But um, you, you wrote that in such a way that it was it was very nicely structured, I have to say, as an editor, first of all, uh, to kind of walk through. You mean it like, was short. <laughs> no, 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 no. But uh, <laughs> the way that you kind of walk through, okay, well, here, here's the trade, right? And here's why the trade happened. And here's what it means for the Rams in the short term. And then here's also where they're going with this. And we talked a little bit about this last week, Jordan, in terms of in, I know we both dislike using all the the quote unquote R words, right? Whether it's rebuild or retool or uh, I don't know whatever whatever else you want to throw in there. The other R E words, uh, remodel, remodel. Thank you. That's the other one I was trying to think of. Uh, but the, the idea of twenty twenty three versus twenty twenty four, and if you're going to trade Jalen Ramsey, why aren't you just tearing it the whole thing down? Why don't you just trade Aaron Donald? Why don't you just trade Matthew Stafford? And what they're looking for in the short term and the and the not really even the long term, but maybe the one year versus the two year. Uh, I don't think this changes the equation in any way, Jordan, from what we talked about last week, right? I mean, it fits very much along the same theme of, again, we I made the joke last week, if you're going to bet, bet the over on some Rams games because they're counting on that offense, uh, at least to, to help them be acceptable uh this season uh they're they're not going full tank they're not trying to go one in 16 uh but they also are realizing that they're going to have to take a little bit of a step backward here in order to take a step forward uh in 2024 so how does all of that when when you're when you're doing the the uh the 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 calculus on the board there and trying to put this all together i mean how does that fit uh, in terms of this jalen ramsey trade yeah so it's I know that it's difficult too to square because it's like, well, if these guys are gone and they're not really 
expecting to legitimately contend in 2023. Why are these other guys staying? And to a point, I do get that. It's hard, it is hard to square because it's almost like going halfway at something and then sort of just like hoping the other half is okay. Um, but also, I mean, I think you look at it when things like this get difficult to square because the Rams have always done things in a maybe a more complex or uh, ecosystemic way in their previous team build. It was fragile and interconnected and complicated and layered and, and all of that. And this time with this particular sort of start to something that they've enacted somewhat poetically with the trade of Jalen Ramsey to the Dolphins, um, I think we have to just ask ourselves like maybe simpler questions about it. So it does go back to, in a way, the contracts that the three players, Matthew, Aaron, and Cooper, signed last offseason. Um, those contracts, while they aren't what they look like, and even though, and and they also aren't necessarily, so I hear, what they look like according to Over the Cap, which is a great tool, everyone should use it, but I do hear things about certain outs in the contracts. I do hear things about certain structures in the contracts that it's it's hard to nail down specifics without seeing the sheet. So I'm not going to get too in the weeds on that because I don't have the sheet in front of me. And the second I do, you guys will know, but I don't. And so <laughs> it's it's hard to specifically get into those details. But those contracts essentially are a a promise financial, but it's a mutual promise between player and team. The player signs the contract. And so I think that's what some of the unfairness and uncertainty and frustration was earlier this offseason when people weren't sure, players and coaches alike, weren't sure if Sean McVay was coming back. Well, you know, there are these guys who signed these these high dollar, huge contracts, and it would mean a massive financial hit if they were to retire if they were to be traded, um, if they were to uh, decide to, you know, if, if they were, they, they couldn't be cut, but like if they were quote unquote, given a chance to go elsewhere, which is how a lot of fans are phrasing it right now and framing it. It's not necessarily that it's a mutual agreement to be a part of the team. And also you are getting compensated handsomely to the point of all these other moves have to happen because of how handsomely you're getting compensated. Um, that's a part of it. It's a mutual thing. So I think that's, I don't think I know that's where part of the frustration and about the uncertainty from McVeigh was stemming from. Now, Sean McVeigh comes back and there are certain things about not only those three contracts that make them uh, difficult to move, but also make them um, difficult to, uh, to absorb if you're another team. Um, and if you're the Rams, you think, okay, what are our best assets? Our best assets are Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, and Sean McVay, the unspoken fourth weight-bearing wall that Les Snead was referring to the other day. Um, and if you have nothing else and you're rebuilding everything else, you have to at least try to maximize those assets, understanding that you have a head coach who... Well, I would say probably even refuse to not at least try to be competitive. It's kind of that joke we made the other day, Rich. You can't tank a Sean McVay team. Like, first of all, if you even 
project that you're tanking or if you even project or you if you lose you know, three games in a row under a Sean McVay team, you got the league sniffing around. They're like, well, what the heck's going on? Like if the Rams lost that many games and didn't, weren't as injured as they were last year, they would probably be under investigation right now, to be honest with you, because this is a head coach with such a status, such a reputation for winning that it's weird when things don't go like that. So first and foremost, we could, scratch that out of out of our minds as a collective society and i've seen the tweets and i've seen the the memes and the graphics and all this stuff and and a lot of people i think are going to be disappointed if they set themselves up for their own disappointment so but at the same time um you're looking at when we talk about thinking about the simplest answers i go back to what do the contracts look like they look pretty dense and they look like they arc around the same time these rams currently are sort of planning their remodel or whatever, a setup year in 2023, and maybe you hit the gas harder in 2024 and you think, okay, we're going to try to push now with all of these resources that we have. Granted, everyone stays healthy. Granted, everyone stays performing like they do, which is a hard thing to guess because these are aging players, you know, Matthew, Cooper, and Aaron, all aging players. And, but so you look at the the other simple answers. Uh, there's two in my mind. It's, what does the contract look like? And who is the head coach? Honestly, because I think if there are so many frets and qualms and questions that Rams fans have that can actually be solved by that, the answer to that question, it's a simple one and also a complicated one. You know, this is a person who, if he would have left two years ago, the, the entire roster will probably get blown up, but it didn't. Everyone got resigned in part because he returned. Okay. And that's ultimately long term for the Rams. That's a good thing to have one of the best head coaches in the NFL running the ship. But also, your roster gets blown up if he leaves at that time at maximum value for every single player on it. And it didn't. Okay. So now it can't because they got resigned to these deals because the head coach came back. Okay. And, and it doesn't make it a good thing or a bad thing. It just, that's what it is. They've showed you, this is what it is. So my column is about, they have shown you what they are doing and who they are and who they revolve around. So you can't maximize value now. Okay. You can't maximize value elsewhere. You've seen this in the Jalen Ramsey trade. You can't maximize value elsewhere. Not only would teams know that you're dumping salary. So they tank the value of players that should be getting more value, but also you you can't after post Super Bowl you can't maximize value again unless you have a good year with these players. If Matthew Stafford comes right. back from injury and plays really well, you can increase value at, after that. Aaron Donald is the best player on the planet. No, there are very few teams in the league that are built to take on that contract. And Aaron Donald fought like hell to get that contract. So who's to say that he's okay with going elsewhere without the sure thing for his family of that contract that he worked his entire life to get. Cooper Cup's probably going to be like buried in the building at some point, like 60, (laughs) you know, 90 years from now. So he's kind of a weird outlier. So like we won't even factor him in, but like the other two, I mean, think about it. You've already, you've already missed your opportunity to maximize yeah. value again, because your head coach returned, which is good. It's a good thing, Rams fans, but it also meant 
like I said in my column, when you open one door, there is automatically another door on the other side that you have to walk through. And this is the ripple effect, the chain reaction. And so similarly, you know, I don't know what they would have done. They would have had to take on like $100 million in dead money if Sean would have walked away this year because the whole thing goes if he walks away this year. So I just, it's like, the what I don't think people understand is how interconnected team and coach are, how intertwined they are, and also how involved the head coach is in quite literally, if you, if you don't know by now, after all of the writing and reporting and, and, and anecdotes, like if you don't know by now, you will never know how involved the head coach is in every single phase of the football side of this building from the, the draft operations to the acquisition of talent, to the decision-making the GM's involved too. Don't get me wrong, but you're seeing these sort of weird contracts and weird decisions and, and impulsive things. And it's like, it's not as simple as one person or the other. It's both, both, not functioning maybe at the highest of their powers, quote unquote, um, in part of because of what they've gone through the last year and what the, you know, what they've had to do in, in terms of like figuring out who's staying, how do you retain the people that the head coach wants to be tied with? Um, how do you keep those people around? How do you keep them healthy? How do you keep, how do you build a roster around the rest of this? And what's the plan for 2023? I guarantee you there are multiple people in that building that wanted, didn't want, didn't want Sean to leave by no means. I'm not saying that at all, but there are people in that building who wanted to blow the roster up after the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. because understanding you are not going to repeat like, that's right. great if you if you're a playoff team maybe that makes the head coach happy to just be a playoff team you want to win every year but like after a super bowl if you're a playoff team like that's respectable you can hang your hat on that but at the same time you're never going to get value the way that you would have after the super bowl that window has passed that's gone right what you can do is you can recoup some of the value you freaking lost last year with right. injuries and like a triple crown player with his highest trade value ever right after a Super Bowl does not have the same trade value, even though he is still that triple crown player after a high ankle sprain and surgical procedure, a quarterback who won the Super Bowl and the game winning drive that will live in history and should, um, is not going to get the same trade value as a quarterback who had a season ending spinal cord contusion, a all world defensive tackle who makes any roster in the NFL, a better roster is not going to get the same value understanding the Rams. If if he were to be moved, the Rams would be doing it to move salary and move finances and recoup capital. Well, no team in the league is going to acquiesce that just for shits. Like, Hey, this sounds fun. We love Aaron. We're going to give you a higher draft pick or the draft pick that he deserves because it's the nice thing to do. No, they're always (laughs) going to lowball. always. The other side has a say too. And so for me, it's like, when I look at it in a very simple way, they bring so much more value potentially current and future to the Rams in the short term and possibly the long term as capital, as assets than they would as simply assets right now, because in the short term, you could also probably win some games with them, which keeps your Mm -hmm. head coach happy, which is a reason your head coach is, you know, buying back into coaching is the chance to remodel in a way that's 
progressive and moves the the conversation forward instead of regressive and starts from scratch. And I think that all those things I can't emphasize enough are are factors here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I very well said. And and I, I think you're right. It it boils down to they made their decision and they actually made their decision a year ago when when they decided not to blow it up then. I mean, that would have been and I understand we and we've talked about this before. And yeah, you think you've written about it before. The optics of that would have been terrible to win the Super Bowl and then you and then you destroy your roster. I mean, the fans would have would have had a revolt if that happened. But really, that's one of the two decisions that you make. You either say, We're going to commit right now and and we're going to try to build this back up and get a ton of draft capital and and try to win again in a couple of years, or we're gonna try to ride this out and we've been consistently saying especially you have been consistently saying and writing about how these contracts line up and this is the window and these are the years that they're looking at and and that really hasn't changed in the in the the the, the end game of that has not changed i don't think they're still looking at that as 2024 it's just how do they get to the better place in 2024 and trading aaron donald right now trading matthew stafford right now potentially trading cooper cup right now yeah that would be committing to a full rebuild but that's not going to help you win. Now, now you're kicking it down the road to, I don't know, maybe 2026. Uh, and then you probably don't have Sean McVay. And then, then you don't have any star players. You're, so like you, you have to look at it kind of realistically and say, okay, well, we, we've got Stafford, Cup, Donald, McVay. Uh, th- that's not going to carry us to 2023. Four walls. Four walls, yes. Uh, Weight-bearing it- wall. Hey, Rich, how hefty would you feel if someone referred to you as a weight-bearing wall? <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. I would yeah. feel I would feel large. I would feel large. Yeah, well, it's it's a responsibility. It's, yeah. It feels like that should be like the Rams like jam band or something like the four of them just playing, you know, up on stage. The hey, weight-bearing walls. Thank you, yeah. Los Angeles. Exactly. Yeah. Aaron <laughs> Donald on drums. I, I don't know. I don't know who's doing the lead singing. Uh, but but I think that's I think that's the path they have. It's it's the most realistic path. You can't go back a year and and redo the decision. And I don't think they made the wrong decision. Let me just be clear about that uh, but you can't go back and redo the decision so it's it's a matter of what are you going to do now are you going to as you just said jordan sell these pieces off at at 70 value that doesn't seem like a very smart thing to do uh you, we've just seen how that works with jalen ramsey it doesn't work or are you going to try to retool a little, little bit here and and bring it back for 2024 jordan What's next here? Because we were coming right up on the and by the way, this trade isn't official yet, although this, this <laughs> is what happens this week because of the the league, you know, year starting um, before we talk to the folks again. What what should they expect? What should they be keeping their eye on here over the next uh, little little while? Well, you're not going to want to hear it, guys. But <laughs> no, I mean, I so there's some restructures they got to do. They're not quite under the cap yet. Um, they're about three million shy as of this is Monday morning. Um, so they're going to have to do some other things, simple restructures. There's some bad contracts that they have on their books. Um, Joe Noteboom, in my opinion, is not a good contract at this point, but again, 2020 hindsight. And so maybe you're looking at a restructure there. Maybe you're looking at cap casualties as a reminder, June 1st cuts are their own thing. So post June 1st cuts, they don't count toward any amount of what's happening currently with the salary cap. They are their own thing. You have to designate them after your books are clear at the start of the new league year. So for those saying like, well, you know, you can designate 
Leonard as the post June first. It doesn't work like that. If you're trying to get under the if you're trying to get under the cap, you have to get under the cap by March 15th, and designations have to happen after that. So just as a, a PSA. The other thing I'll leave people with, and again, we talk about this entire Matthew Stafford conversation, and Les Snead commits to him publicly, and and that's all fine. And and to be fair, they are committed to him public, like publicly and privately. Um, I have asked around on this. The sense is that he will be their quarterback in 2023 and 20, 2024, yada, yada. However, the Jets are still waiting on an Aaron Rodgers decision. Um, and there are a few teams who called on Matthew Stafford before the Sean McVay situation sort of got settled out. And so I would keep an eye on this because the Rams are not wanting to trade Matthew Stafford. They're not like shopping him. They never, they've been, right. they, they checked the value on all of their assets again, which is part of the reason why they're keeping some of these guys and not all of them um, based on valuation this year versus potential maybe valuation next year or um, what have you, emergency switch, emergency levers, all of those things. Um I would keep an eye on this one. I'm not saying that it will happen. I'm not saying that there's even whispers that it would happen. I am just saying, yes, they are committed to Matthew Stafford as their quarterback. However, a desperate team that is in better position to contend than the Rams currently are, that desperately is needing a quarterback and will do pay whatever price to get that quarterback if that team exists, and right now the Jets are sort of putting themselves, they're setting themselves up for only pain and suffering because they're going after Aaron Rodgers. But if that team exists, keep an eye on that. Okay. That's all I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not going too far in any direction. I am just saying, keep an eye on that because you just, you, you can never truly count anything out until the first day of OTAs here with this team. Yeah, th those last three words being the operative words there with, with this team, uh, Jordan. I know it's a journey. Um, you are certainly one of the weight-bearing walls of the athletic, uh, and uh, we all appreciate your <laughs> your coverage. I was thinking the other day, Jordan, about like, I mean, I've been covering sports in this city for longer than I want to say. I don't uh, this this organization, and I don't mean this as a criticism. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ripping on them, but they're a journey. They are. I don't know of any. I mean, we talk about the Lakers sometimes and how they, you know, the big moves that they make and all these different eras that they transition in and out of. But the Rams do it like every other year. Like it's it's not every five years or every 10 years. It's like every other year, which is just fantastic. I don't uh, and I mean that it's 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 really something to watch and and uh, it's fascinating. And we don't uh, we are very lucky. Let's put it that way to, to have you here to explain all of that um, and do it succinctly in print uh, in a way that makes sense to everybody and details things in a very well-reasoned and well-reported manner and i know Thanks. you won't i it know could, you won't be stopping yeah no this i will never know peace covering this team but um <laughs> the the thing is is it all could go horribly horribly wrong i know i'm just like a real ray of sunshine this morning <laughs> but it all could go totally wrong i'm just saying this is what their hope is for yes the future. over the last couple of weeks all the reporting just to reiterate guys like I'm just saying this is what they are thinking, what they're hoping. Like for me, 
it's my job to report the decision making. It's right. not necessarily that I agree right. with the decision making, right. um, right. but I will say it, it is always interesting um, covering this team. Again, there, it nothing is settled until you see OTAs start, and even then, um, there's always moving and shifting. You know, they added Sony Michelle super late in the year a couple years ago, things like that. Um, so we'll see. This is going to be a, an interesting week. We'll definitely be checking back in with you guys um, after it. And, you know, hold on to your butts, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Important, important uh, reminders there. Jordan does not make the trades and uh, Jordan does not uh, endorse any particular move. Uh, the, the goal here is to kind of provide an explanation into uh, what's going on and what the thought process is. And I sincerely say I don't know anybody who does a better job of that than Jordan. So thank you for that. And our subscribers already know that. It's clear. But if you're not already on board, oh, my goodness, still, Jordan, I know you can't believe this, but still they are letting us do this. You can go to theathletic.com slash 11 personnel right now for the start of the league year. It's a perfect time and join, get all of Jordan's great coverage and her favorite thing in the entire world, which is what? A great discount, guys. Every single time. Still, all these years later, we're entering in uh Year four of, of me and Rich doing the 11 personnel podcast together. And still, every time you subscribe to The Athletic through the 11 personnel podcast, you get my favorite thing in the world, which is a great discount. Guys, take care of each other and yourselves. Stay caffeinated, stay hydrated. We will definitely be checking back in with you soon. There will be reason to do so. Um, yeah, keep keep cool heads and, and clear minds uh, out there this week. Guys, we're going to get through this together. And after that, well, I won't say it's going to be smooth sailing, but it will be interesting. <laughs> Catch you next time. <laughs>